Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And for those of you dropping in for the first time, welcome. This is a show where I talk about the things I am studying in grad school as I work on my master's degree. And this is the final class to get me to the end of my master's degree program in a class right now called Local Church Ministry. Been dealing with a lot of uh, different factors that contribute to how churches think about ministry right now, talking about um, different generations, how the different generational differences affect church ministry, talked about COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we're going to stick with something that is almost timeless in a way when it comes to church ministry, or at least in modern church ministry, and that is the topic of worship, our maybe more precisely, music ministry, music worship. And in order to have this conversation, I have invited here uh, someone I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. For you old school listeners, you may remember him as unofficial producer Bradley. So Bradley Knight, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Like you said, it's been a long time coming, but here we are. Here we are. This was about the time two years ago when you were like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called Anchor? Oh, yeah. It was about this time two years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So super cool. Anchor, a little shout out there. I like Anchor, able to record and then it can distribute wherever. So yeah. And very helpful. You also, for you designed the logo for everybody who likes the logo. Right. That was you. Yeah, the original <laughs> logo. I mean, you've done a good job with designing logos for your other programs, other uh, sections that you've done. But yeah, mm -hmm. the original my seminary life was me. Yeah, which I very appreciate. Of course. I, as uh, everyone knows, I'm not very tech savvy. <laughs> How I have a podcast, I don't know. But you, you got you got it up off the ground for me. So uh, before we get into the topic of worship ministry, music ministry, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody uh, what you do now? We'll talk about the worship part later, but just introduce yourself to everybody and what you do. Yeah. So Bradley Knight, like you said, Brandon's brother. Um, Right now, I'm kind of on a hiatus from actually leading anywhere, but I've had the cool opportunity of just filling in for uh, conferences that need somebody to do worship or retreats. I've been able to lead worship at Moody Bible Institute's President's Chapel, so I'm just filling in here and there while I'm mm -hmm. looking for a church again, but uh, it's been a good time. Yeah. And you do, uh, you're part of the marketing department with Moody as well, right? That's like what you do professionally. Yeah. So my job is digital marketing at Moody Bible Institute. So it's not just the school, it's the radio station, uh, Today in the Word, their daily devotional, any sort of Moody conference that they do, um, and the school, of course. And the school, of course. Cool. That's a lot. Yeah. Anything that says Moody, right. you designed something for. Right. Yeah. That's something <laughs> that people within Moody don't even understand. Um, when uh when you work at moody you work like at a specific spot you work in publishers you work in radio sure but marketing is like houses all five of them so we're mm. like our own little agency um it's just, just very interesting how we're able to touch and it's cool that we're able to touch different aspects like i would like to work for moody radio eventually but mm -hmm. it's also cool to see the conference portion of it sure or like the daily devotional and how it's growing that's cool yeah. and as you said currently you're on a a hiatus hopefully it won't last as long as dc talks but <laughs> you are on a hiatus right now from routinely leading worship you've had some conference uh events recently and you did the uh founders chapel for yeah. moody that was like two weeks ago right. at the recording of this but you have been doing worship ministry for a long time i mean we're brothers, so I can remember when you were tiny and you had your little plastic toy green guitar. Right, yeah. Like you, you've been attached to the guitar for a very long time. But uh, when it comes to worship music ministry, when did you? Because I actually, I'm not even quite sure. I know you sure. were young, but like, yeah. when was it that you first started leading worship? So I don't actually know um, which came first. So I either helped with. Uh, at the, we were going to Klein Avenue Fellowship at the time. Okay. Um, and I joined their youth group. They had a whole youth band. Right. And I played uh, guitar for them. And they let, let me lead some Sundays, or Wednesday nights, sorry. Wednesday nights. Um, I completely forgot that about that. was probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, and then seventh grade was when I first started helping at Kaima Christian Schools Chapel. Okay. Um, with... Mm -hmm like shadowing under Max and Brano. Mm -hmm. And then I officially took over chapel eighth grade. 
Okay. So they're right around the same area. I don't know which one would have technically came first, but right okay. around, I think the second semester of seventh grade, uh, Mac had me do more chapels to ease me into taking over. Taking over. Yeah. So started out like in a band, mm -hmm. you started out middle school. Right. It's like the easiest way right. to set right. it, say it, but you even were like leading, like in charge of it by like seventh or eighth grade. Right. Yeah. And then for a while you were working at a church mm -hmm. as their worship leader as well. Right. That was how long were you with Griffith Baptist? It was so I was there years, for right? five years. Um, mm -hmm. I was on staff before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So very young. Yes. Very young. <laughs> right out of high school. Right yeah. out of high school. And even like, yeah, I guess I should state I'm 24. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Just for context, like this has been basically your life. Right. You know? Um, so at that age, like, let's go back. Yeah. We're going to do a little bit of an interview. So going back to like <laughs> middle school, right. like what was the feeling? Was it like, this is really cool right. or is it this, wow, I'm already like way over my head on this. Like where were you at even like all the way back then? Right. So all the way back then I didn't even consider it ministry. I didn't have a good concept of what ministry was and okay. the real depth and weight of leading someone in worship. It was more so about I'm on stage. I look cool playing guitar with these okay. guys that are, um, the guys that are 17 and 18. The cool 13, high schoolers. You know? yeah. 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 And I'm going to get to strum with them and we get to hang out and learn cool songs. So that's how it was then. And mm. even I would say the first couple of years, maybe like the first year and a half of um, when I first took over for Mac. So eighth grade going into ninth grade. Okay. I kind of just viewed it as, all right, we're going to get up there and play some songs. Um, mm. I don't remember exactly when Josh Constant joined me to play the Cajon. But it was like, all right, what song you want to do this week? You know, there was nothing, okay. there was not real in depth like prep or prep. anything. Um, okay. Eventually, even up until my senior year, there were some points where we'd get up there and we didn't practice. We'd just be like, all right, we're gonna do Jesus paid it all, and your love never fails. Okay, and that'd be fine. You know, just go. This like just yeah. go. And I'm sure that's happened for a lot of people, um, even now at the, as they lead at their church. Sure. It's like, well, here's the song, sort of thing. But mm -hmm. um, to go back to your question, yeah, at first it was just cool. I get to jam out and you can play guitar, join us sort of thing. Sure. Um, and then it just slowly grew over time. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Slowly grew over time. Um, I love talking to people who are very musically gifted because I'm not, you got all of it in the family. <laughs> Brian can play the cajon a little bit, yeah. but uh, like you got all the music skills, but I like talking to people who know more about music. We had, I had out here on the show back in like, it was July or August. Uh, Dr. Ashley Mofield, he is the host of the Mixtape Theology podcast. Right. They talk about 90s Christian music, and he's a trombone. Wow. I think he's like a, like went to college for trombone major music. And then uh, last March, we had Nathan Drake, who has a ministry called Reawaken Hymns, where he's reposition or re, not repackaging hymns, mm -hmm. but like, reintroducing them into the church with contemporary instruments, but not contemporizing the songs. Yeah. You know, that's like a thing in Christian music. Right. You write a new verse, you write a new chorus, right. you take out three other verses. Right. Um, but like his whole thing is he wanted to preserve the original hymns yeah. as best he could. So, so to get these perspectives on music is really interesting to me. Love music can't do any of it um so you had this mentality in high school of like hey i get to hang out with the guys and play music um slowly starts to change was there something in particular that happened that what like finally made it click of like there's something more to this than just jamming out was there anything in particular or was it just you're a little bit older a little bit wiser Type of thing. Yeah, when I first started to look <clears throat> into it more, instead of just like, okay, I get to lead every, I think chapel was on Tuesdays at the time, I get to lead every Tuesday. Um, when I started to look into, well, really, what is worship leading? Um, I was gifted a book. It's yeah, one you... of my favorite books. Okay, what do we got? Um, so this is the 2008 edition. I wasn't given it in 2008, obviously, because okay. I would have been too young for that. But it's called Worship Matters. It's by Bob Coughlin. Uh, the foreword yeah. is by Paul Belosh. Okay. Um, Paul Belush is a very famous worship leader. He does like open the eyes of my heart and everything. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I was gifted this book 
um, Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. It's the mm-hmm. best worship book, and it's not even because of my sentimental value towards okay. it. It's literally, I believe it's the best. Um, it starts out with, well, who is the worship leader? Or no, who is the worshiper? And it dives oh, okay. into the fact that worship is more than just music. We've okay. kind of commercialized that worship is only related music. to music now. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about music, but worship is all about your life. You know, Romans mm-hmm. 12, 1 through 2. I sure. urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present yourself a living sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. it's your whole life. And then it goes through um, your heart, your mind, your hands, um, your life. And then it goes into the task of being a worship leader. And from there, it talks about just your impact as someone who's leading worship for the people um, without music and with music. Okay. So after I read this book, I really was almost like a awakening to an extent just okay. to say, Hey, this isn't about, um, this isn't about singing songs. Maybe the people, the students in the crowd, the congregation thinks mm-hmm. it's about singing songs, but you're, sure. you're giving your all, all that you can to God. Mm-hmm. He's done so much for you. His sent his son. He died for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the least you could do is sing back to him and praise okay. him for everything that you've done, you know, okay. or that he's done, excuse me. Sure. So that kind of changed, um, my perspective. Okay. And just to be in a, such a humble position of leading the 60 students, I think it was a sure. small group, Yeah. but being in a position of this is between you're leading these people to worship the God of the universe, you know, mm-hmm. and that clicked my junior year of high school, I think. Okay. Yeah. Which is probably one of the best times for that to happen before mm. you actually step into like, were you ever a pastor? I don't even know. What was uh, your title? I, I didn't have a pastor title. Okay. I was worship and media director. I think was my name. Director. Facilitator. Facilitator. One of the two. I forgot. Okay. okay. <laughs> director is a, is a popular word. I think it, no, it was director. Yes. That's a popular yeah. word for churches to give somebody when they don't want to call them a pastor. So right. you're the director. I was a, I was assistant to the pastor for a while. Assistant. So you have your assistant to the regional manager office <laughs> yeah, t-shirt on. on it's like purpose. Yeah, I wore that one on purpose. <laughs> uh, I always joked that it was like it's just one of those things. I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't get a seminary. Uh, I didn't go to seminary like yourself. Uh-huh. So uh, at the church I was at, that was kind of a very specific thing. Like gotcha. I don't think the title for pastor should be thrown around quite a bit. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about it. I imagine there's a difference between a worship leader and a worship pastor. Sure. But yeah, I was worship and media director, I think was the title. Director. Yeah. So yeah. So reading this book probably came at the best time for you right. then as you start to transition more into like a church ministry. Right. Very different from leading students at a high school, Christian high school yeah. and uh, middle school. Uh, going into the church, because mm-hmm. this is more so where I want to focus in on for this uh, series we're doing. What were some of the challenges, maybe specific to the congregation? Mm -hmm. You don't have to like get all specific, but specific to the congregation, but also like just broadly in church, in American church as we are right now, like what are some of the challenges that a worship leader or worship pastor, and we could talk about the difference as well. What are some of those challenges? Yeah. So I graduated high school and then, um, I was immediately offered an internship at Griffith Baptist Church. Um, so one of the major challenges I found was that I was going from picking two to three songs a week for chapel, like mm-hmm. being able to pick whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. to um, knowing my audience. That's very important for the uh, okay. worship ministry, knowing your audience, knowing your church, mm-hmm. um, knowing what they're going to sing. So I'm 18, I'm 19 by the time I'm on staff and just trying to figure out what this church their style is what they prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from singing mostly hymns to doing a mixed, like a mixed set. Okay. I don't want to label it as a set because that sounds like rock sure. band or something, but sure. it's like a mixed uh, group of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think looking at how different songs over time have been written, that's probably the best way to do it. I'm not saying I, okay. I'm not saying, um, I did it perfectly or anything like that, but I think including hymns along with including more modern songs Mm -hmm. and very modern songs is a perfect way to just like balance it out Mm -hmm. because then you've got your older congregation who knows songs. You've got your younger congregation who will know songs and then you can meet in the middle and try and find what works best for them. Okay. Um, 
Griffith Baptist really enjoyed Phil Wickham. <laughs> oh, I remember, interesting. I remember, I think there was like six <laughs> Phil Wickham songs and somebody was like, can we sing something else? You always pick Phil Wickham. I was like, it's not me. <laughs> like, I'll play the song. One thing that we really did, which was um, the pastor, he told me to do was initially when I would introduce a new song, mm -hmm. um, we used to do a new song a month. And then okay. it just turned into whenever I wanted to do a new song, maybe just do it for two weeks straight or something. Okay. Um, and that, that was really helpful because then the first week they don't know it. The second week they kind of recognize the tune. Sure. And then by the third week, they're really singing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they responded really well to Phil Wickham. Um, okay. But that's a good guy to respond well right. to. <laughs> right. He does a <laughs> good job. <laughs> yeah. He does a good job with writing songs that sound like um, hymns, like Hymn of Heaven. Sure. Um, and then he does a good song with very modern songs like This is Amazing Grace, yeah. you know. Um, but his songs are all very formulaic in the sense that mm. it's a verse and a chorus and it's not anything too crazy with vocals. Okay. Um, but something I found out, it wasn't specific to Griffith Baptist. I thought it was at the time. But something I found out from reading another book was The Worship Wars, um, where you have a group of people, and I just mentioned it, a group of people that prefer hymns and a group of people that prefer we should only sing modern songs because that's what's popular right now and finding that balance is very hard and that can burn people out quite a bit because okay. you feel like um you're fighting a battle that doesn't need to be fought why can't we just sing a song mm. um but go ahead oh say something. I, I yeah i had a, a couple thoughts on that yeah. uh first off um in my pulpit supply ministry some of claire and i's favorite churches that we have gone to mm -hmm. has been those ones that have that blended set yeah. of worship songs, modern or uh, hymns, modern worship songs, very modern worship mm -hmm. songs, partially because we all grew up on, in churches that sang hymns right. and some like our home church at the time, they rarely did hymns, but also like um, it's interesting. We seem to be in this interesting phase or time space where like you'll get a, an occasional hymn you'll get a lot of modern very modern worship songs but a lot of those like 90s early 2000s mm -hmm. that like claire and i grew up on you probably remember some of them they don't usually hit the set they right. don't usually make it onto the set and it's these churches griffith was one of them um few other ones i've been at uh inland manor ross reformed they they'll sing like a old Tim Hughes mm -hmm. or an old Matt Redman. And it's like, Oh, we haven't sang open the eyes of my heart right. Lord for a very hard, long time. Yeah. And this is kind of nice. Like, yeah. um, you know, we're unfamiliar with the worship wars. Yeah. I mean, I guess because I was, uh, it was my very... first church ministry Okay, that I didn't really know that it was, um, as universal as it is. Um, Maybe it's just, I mean, I'm not that much older than right. you, but like I can remember these conversations like right. as they were first happening. Yeah. Maybe not first happening, but like this was a big thing in churches and yeah, like the, the late 90s, early 2000s of like, and it, I mean, you look at churches. I've, I've bad mouthed the whole denominational thing a lot, but I'm starting to change some of my perspective a little bit on denominations because. Mm -hmm. To some degree, it is a culture, mm -hmm. you know, some are healthier than others. Some do things that are like, maybe not the most biblical, but they are culture still. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, at least two with Gen X and also baby boomers and even probably some millennials who that's all they knew were hymns. Right. Like that was it. And now all of a sudden it's like. We're going to take that away from you. Right. And here's these other songs. You have to do these now. Right. Like that would be a culture or, shock for sure. Yeah. Or even the worship wars goes into the whole, well, all we want is a piano and an organ. The instruments. Don't bring yeah. in the guitar. Don't bring in the drum set. Don't bring mm -hmm. in the cajon or anything mm -hmm. like that. And just trying to find your balance. It's not going to be easy. At least it wasn't no. for me. Um, just trying to find a balance. And it's really the most important thing I think is to, um, to know your congregation, to get involved with your church outside of just the worship music mm. leading, to get involved in what they like to listen to at home or on, in the car. Okay. Um, so you get to know them as a person because maybe they really like music that has drums in it, but they don't like music that has drums in it at church or something, you know? Sure. So just to get to know your people because just because 
Elevation Worship has six guitars doesn't mean <laughs> that you need to have six guitars at your church. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's good public speaking 101. Right. Know your audience. Right. Right. You want to like, you know, you're in this interesting position of like shepherding them in mm -hmm. a very particular way. And part of shepherding is leading people to some place. Yeah. And for you, that might be like, hey, hymns are great, but not all of them are. Right. There are good modern worship songs. Yeah. And you're shepherding them this way to better teaching, better theology. Right. But you can get very caught up in drums and yeah. this is the way things have always been. Like, right. it's, it's a difficult situation to get into. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, it's like when tradition becomes law. And it's hard mm -hmm. to break that. Um, we do this traditionally, and this is the way it should be. And mm -hmm. then uh, the argument goes, well, a lot of these modern songs, they're just a verse and a chorus, and you just keep repeating and repeating it. Or mm -hmm. a lot of these modern songs, they don't have good theology in them. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, if we're going to label that with here, let's go back into the hymns and do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Are we singing the same thing over and over again because we like the way that uh, redeemed how I love to proclaim it has a good redeemed, redeemed, oh, sure. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. the chorus is fun, right? Yeah. There's fun hymns. Um, mm -hmm. Are we just singing it because we like how it makes us feel, makes mm -hmm. us good memories? Um, are we singing it because of the theology? Like um, Silent Night is not the most theologically sound song, no, you know, no. but we sing it every Christmas. So right. uh, it has to go both ways. Um, and that's something else I would have to encourage. I didn't really get into until maybe my third year at Griffith Baptist was really the theology behind it. Um, okay. If you're just picking songs because they're popular on the radio, well, then that's not a good way mm -hmm. to do it. You have to really get into these songs. There's good sources online that break down mm. where this line is coming from in scripture or what this oh, is really cool. trying to say. Um, I wish I had written it down. Um, but yeah, there's a good... If you think of it later, text me and I can put it in the show notes. I'll okay. put it in the description of this episode for people. Yeah. I might throw a couple of these books in there too. Yeah. Um, one of the books... Yeah, yeah. What else you got one there? One of the books... I mean, I'm going to sound very um, very one-sided because Bob <laughs> Coughlin, he endorses all of these books. So I guess oh, okay. I just follow Bob Coughlin. But the first all one right. was Worship Matters. Okay. The second one is doxology and theology i read it recently i wish i, I read I've it. heard of that yeah, one okay. i wish i would have read it sooner it's by a whole group of people but matt boswell is the one that like organized it all okay and bob coughlin endorses it um and it really really goes through theology and worship leading throughout scripture and theology okay. and worship um not just the leader but just through scripture um and it's really good. The other one also I'm reading right now is called Rhythms of Grace. And it also goes into um, the theology throughout scripture of just starting from the very beginning. This first chapter is the Song of Eden. And then it goes mm. through uh, Adam and Eve in the wilderness and goes through the Song of Israel, Song of Jesus. And then it breaks mm. into um, worship one, two, three. But yeah, something, going back for a second, something I was going to say was the fact that um, I really wish I would have had more theology at the beginning. I was picking songs that were popular on the radio in okay. all honesty. Okay. I was like, well, we need to have more modern songs cause we'll get a modern congregation. Um, sure. And that's just the wrong way to do it. If you're going to, you got to know your audience. I just keep saying you got to know yeah, your yeah, audience. Yeah. Even if your church is a group of 20 or if your church is a group of 500, right. Yeah. Or bigger, you have to know them and the songs that they're going to sing. Um, and a lot of modern songs, the argument goes because the argument's like this. A lot of modern songs are catchy and you don't really think about the theology behind it. Like, what are we really trying to say? Sure. Here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think of like, um, there was a whole conversation. It was our, our uh, Bible study was over last night and there was a whole conversation about youth ministry mm -hmm. worship songs. Mm -hmm. um, Cause like when, when we were in youth group, because there was a little bit of an overlap. We were singing like One Way Jesus by mm -hmm. Hillsong United. And fun fact, folks, Meant to Live by Switchfoot was part of that set as well. <laughs> um, he never could quite get that guitar riff right. Uh, um, we were talking about that compared to like nowadays. Uh, we were looking at the lyrics of one of the songs that one of the uh, campuses of our home church that they sing. And one of the core one of the verses is like 
if you got nothing to do on Friday, meet me at youth. I'll show you like really? a great experience or something Ugh. like that. <laughs> and Claire and I, or Claire specifically was like, what is this? Yeah. This is, yeah. You need to think about the words, right? The words matter. Yeah. Even if it does sound good. Cause like, when we played it, it sounds like a good, well-made, mm-hmm. not a cheesy Christian worship right. song. That it yeah. sounds very modern, well, but that's not necessarily yeah a good thing. Well, one of the uh, one of the really popular songs right now um, is "Champion" by Bethel. You are my champion. Giants oh. fall when you stand. Like okay, the entire yeah, yeah, yeah. song is all about God, which is what you sh- we should be doing. Worship mm-hmm. should be focused on God, and then you get to the bridge. And the bridge is when I open up my mouth, uh, miracles start happening. Um, okay. Uh, you've given me the authority. It's living in me. And you're like, okay, well, now it's self-centered, you know? Mm-hmm. It moves very quickly. It moves very shelf. quickly. And I don't want to just dog on Bethel or the song. A lot of songs do that now, especially if you're only listening to radio hits. Then yeah. it's going to be what you need to hear positive encouraging right that's yeah. what they're advertising positive encouraging that's what you need to hear and those songs have their place those the songs that mm-hmm. are like um maybe i'm not a fan of it but you're an overcomer right you can do this sure. because god has given you the ability to do this or if you trust in him you could do it that's great mm-hmm. but i don't think we need to sing that on sundays sure and a lot of people get lost in that um worship should be solely focused on god um and just the fact that it can creep in sometimes mm-hmm. and maybe once in a while we'll sing a song about ourselves and how we're depraved or we have mm-hmm. this and that. But like I said, the set should start and finish with praising God. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up about the worship music needs to be primarily focused on worshiping God. I always had an issue. One of the very popular songs at our old home church was, <laughs> I am who you say I am. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? Yeah. That song has nothing to do with God. Mm-hmm. Like you could come at it from the angle of like, you're talking, I mean, it's theologically true. The things yeah. that you were singing about are still theologically mm-hmm. true, but it's about you. Right. I am who you say I am. Yeah. It's like so many times. I, 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 it's like a mm-hmm. song about me. Right. Like, I guess someone could be singing it very well to the Lord Mm -hmm. because you're you're just so enamored with what God has done for you. But like, I see a song like that. I'm like, this is the focus is on me and what I have gotten out of this relationship with God and not what he has done for me. I think those are two different things. Yeah. It could or focuses. Sure. Yeah. It could fit um, somewhere into the set um, or the service. I'm sure. But uh, if the entire service is, uh, songs about me and there's hymns mm-hmm. that are like that too mm-hmm. um where it's so solely focused on yourself well then you got to really consider who are we worshiping right yeah are we worshiping god are we worshiping everything that we're able to do as christians mm-hmm. right sure um so a good way to do it i've learned from these books um and i guess even pastor obinger had encouraged me to do it this way too and we did it sometimes uh is to just have your music be gospel focused. Um, okay. When I was at Griffith Baptist, a lot of times, whatever the theme was for the, the message, mm-hmm. um, whatever the theme was for the sermon, mm-hmm. uh, all the songs tied to that. And that works too, I think. I like, like if we're that talking a lot. About, if we're talking about, um, if we're talking about the cross, then all the songs would be related to the cross. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about grace, all the songs we talk about singing about grace, you know, mm-hmm. um, or if he's in a very specific passage at the time, well, then I tried to point the hymns that were tied to that passage and connect it easily. But one of the things that this book, Rhythm of Grace, uh, is telling me to do, which I'm going to try in the future, is to make it gospel-focused. So the first song is a praise to God um, and everything Mm. that he's done. It's a call to worship. And then after that, we talk about, hey, we're sinners, right? There's songs that are like that. We're sinners mm-hmm. uh, need of saving. And then it goes into Jesus saved us. And you just do the entire gospel message um, through song, through song, okay. because that could tug on the heart. And it's not all about emotions, right? But that sure, could sure. lead somebody to question more of if they're saved. Mm-hmm. And then the pastor gets up there. The whole point of the beginning of worship is to get them to that point and set mm-hmm. their heart and mind on God's word. 
Sure. You know? Sure. I do like the, uh, that's good. I like that. I have not heard that before of like the, uh, just focus, very gospel oriented in the music. That is good. I have always enjoyed the, um, we're crafting the, the sermon mm-hmm. and the songs are all kind of crafted together, yeah. you know, in the pulpit supply ministry that rarely happens. You right. usually checked in and I appreciate right. that the times <laughs> I was at Griffith Baptist. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do like that. I like the cohesiveness. You know, you look at like uh, churches that are more liturgical, mm-hmm. like that's that's the point. Like that's right. the point of the church calendar. That's the point of the um, the liturgy readings, the prayers is that we're trying to have like a whole cohesive service right. that relates to each other. And that's where this book is written from. The, the okay. guy goes to a liturgical okay. church. So uh, even in the back of... I went ahead and I looked because I'm only halfway through the book, but I saw <laughs> in the back, it was like, here's examples from my church. Okay. And it was a song and then a scripture reading, a couple songs, and then another scripture reading. And the church itself, even though when you think like a liturgical church, you're going to, oh no, they're only going to do hymns. Mm-hmm. No, they have a really good blended service here. Um, okay. But all of it is um, very pointed to the cross and the gospel. Mm. So I think that is something I'm going to try if okay. I'm ever st- uh, in that position again. I do like, and maybe just because I'm used to it, I do like being able to, if the sermon has a theme, which mm-hmm. hopefully it does, or if it's in a specific passage, which sure. hopefully it does, then all the music can revolve around that mm-hmm. and set our hearts and minds on what we're going to be talking about that day. Yeah. You know? Get it all on the same topic. Right. We're all on the same page right. here. Yeah. How do you feel about this trend? I see this a lot in churches. Um, Maybe they're trying to be very modern Mm -hmm. in the music to the point where they're just singing, not even like modern worship songs, Mm -hmm. but just like the contemporary CCM songs. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in churches where they're just singing the new Sanctus Real song, the new Mercy Me song, the new After song. Um, So I was even in one for a little bit. preached there throughout the summer a couple summers ago like not only did they just sing these songs Mm -hmm. but they piped in the music they just played the audio track and showed the music video on Mm -hmm. the screen for people to sing along with like do you have a position on all of that right yeah so i guess it's it's a two-part i don't like it Um, okay just to be clear that's how not how i worship right Mm -hmm. we just talked about uh like the radio hits um, mm-hmm. They have their place and maybe they sing that because that's what the people are listening to. So that's the second part, right? Mm-hmm. I may not like it, but maybe that's what the congregation needs. Sure. Um, but as the worship leader or the worship pastor, you have the influence, you okay. know, even though that person said, Hey, we've sang six Phil Wickham songs in the past <laughs> two months. Can we do something else? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that is on me for picking it, you know? Sure. So as the worship leader or worship pastor, you do have, the say in what ends up being picked. Uh, okay, so let's let's hit this one on the head now. Yeah. So you've been making a you've been making a specific difference between a worship pastor and a worship leader. Right. I think most people would just say potato potato. Right. They're the same thing. Is there a difference between right. those two titles? I think so. Um, I can't remember. I think it was Wade Joy. He's uh, popular on social media for being a worship leader. He was, I don't know if he's still at Elevation Church, but he was at Elevation Church, one of their campuses. Um, and he, he said something like, anybody can be a worship leader, but only certain people can uh, be worship pastors or something like that. No, okay. no, actually what he said was, sorry, I don't want to misquote him. That was my quote. <laughs> that was me. Uh, <laughs> he, what he said was, there are a lot of worship leaders and there aren't enough worship pastors, I think is his quote. Okay. And the difference to me is that anybody who has you know, musical talent can get up there on a Sunday or get up there on a Wednesday night whenever they have singing and mm-hmm. uh, help lead music, right? If okay. you're a big church, you have a whole bunch of people who want to volunteer and help at church mm-hmm. and they're the worship leaders. But the worship pastors are the ones that are in depth in their theology and it goes past Sunday or it goes past Wednesday. They're checking okay. in on their congregation. They're the ones that are pastoring the church, just like the pastor of mm-hmm. the church is. Um, so I feel like that's the major difference. The worship pastor gets into the lives of people. Okay. Yeah. So the leader is, 
anyone could be a worship leader right. if you're musically gifted if you can carry a tune sure like you can yeah. get up leading, and do it yeah you're leading you, music that you day, can get you up know? and do it um but the pastor the worship pastor is the guy who is a little bit more he's deeper in the theology mm-hmm. he's a he's the guy like behind the scenes almost maybe he's he does sing but sure. he's like the guy who's like thinking it through of right. like what are we saying in these songs right what does the congregation need? What does the congregation know? Interesting. And he's shepherding the people. Shepherding the that's, people. That's, I think, the major difference. Okay. So to me, I don't necessarily, and maybe this is wrong, and it could just be my opinion, but I don't necessarily think a uh, uh, worship pastor has to go to worship school or get his degree in okay. worship ministry to be sure. considered a worship pastor. Yeah. Um, because where in scripture do we see that right 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 yeah yeah i mean it's great that they have uh worship ministry degrees that you can do now sure and actually get that theology class or there there's um i've seen at moody you get hebrew and greek and all these you go in depth it's like a bible degree on top of a music degree okay so that's great opportunities for those that want it but i think the difference is just the fact that um I can get up there on a Sunday and lead worship, you know, Mm -hmm. or I could get involved in people's lives and shepherd just like the pastor should be doing. Sure. Yeah, that's good. So you've, you've given us several book resources. Right. Uh, Hopefully you remember that website and I'll put that in the description of this episode. Um, any other, you kept coming back to this thought of know your congregation, yeah. get into your congregation's life. Any other thoughts for people who are out there who are, We'll do it this way for people who first are just getting into worship ministry. Is there yeah. anything you would want to say to them? Yeah, I'm going to pull it from this book. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. It was literally called Worship One, Two, Three. Okay. Um, and this is specific for worship music or, yeah, worship music and not just worship as a life. So, Worship One, Two, Three. Number one is the object and the author. So, our worship should be to God. Number two, there's two contexts. There's worship scattered and worship gathered. And that's the difference between worship scattered is your lifestyle, right? Okay. Going out into the world and showing your fruit. That's worship scattered. Worship gathered is when we're in church on Sundays, worshiping God. Sure. So one object and author, two contexts, and then your three audiences. And let me get to that section. Three audiences is God, right? Mm -hmm. The church, and then those that are watching. Gotcha. So I just pulled that from the author's name is Mike Cosper. Okay. But worship one, two, three, and I'll say it again. One object and author. So God is the creator of the world, right? I should go into depth about this. God is the creator of the world. He created all things. So he's the one that created worship. And then the second thing Mm. is your two contexts. There's worship when you live your life and how you're showing your fruit. And then there's worship gathered, which is coming together and singing praise to God. And then number three is our audiences. Um, and I've been saying know your audience the whole time, so I have to define that. Like I said, God is our audience. We're pr- giving praise to him. But sure. then you also need to know your church and their context. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a traveling worship leader um, or you're doing pulpit supply mm-hmm. as worship, that's mm-hmm. a thing when uh, you need to get hired or a church's worship leader goes on vacation and are looking for somebody else. But mm-hmm. you got to know... Uh, I'm going to a Baptist church, you know, what do they sing right. on a regular Sunday or what songs did they just sing last week? Right. right. You um, want to know those things. Right. Uh, or guys that are in college that are uh, maybe not involved in a certain church because they're away from college, but they're mm-hmm. going to go to a church and help with the music ministry. You got to know what church denomination that is, the songs that they do, mm-hmm. the, the regular service. So the church is our audience. And the last one is the world as our audience. So the world is always watching. Are they going to see songs that are upbeat and positive and well, actually we could play this song on secular radio, you know? Sure. Or are they going to see songs that are very specific worship to God? No. Yeah. That's good. That's good advice for a young person getting into, uh, min- uh, worship ministry. Uh, it's not just jamming out with your friends, right? It can be, it can be, right. it can be, that, it can be fun. It still can be fun. Right. right? That's literally yeah. all that, that's literally what usually happens. I met somebody who's involved at uh, Harvest Bible Chapel, and he uh, he said that's what happened to him. You know, you like mm-hmm. music, you pick up a guitar, you start playing, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, 
hey, we need somebody to do music on Wednesday night for a youth group. You want to play? And yeah, I'm going to play for with my friends. You know, that's usually sure. what happens. Yeah, yeah. But uh, get involved in your scripture. Always read your Bible. <laughs> read your Bible. <laughs> read your Bible. You know, uh, make sure you know what you're reading and you're not just uh, pulling from other people about this is what it means. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the living word of God, right? It yeah, transcends yeah, yeah. all time. So it has one meaning and find that meaning. Get your theology correct. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, just go from there. Lead yeah. Worship. Yeah. And I like how, you know, you didn't necessarily like dunk on the idea of like going to Bible college and getting a music degree. You right. totally can do that, but there's also a lot of great resources. Like you're giving us these three mm -hmm. books. You just, you know, you, Nathan Drake has a lot of great resources with, uh, rethinking hymns. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you don't, you just need to be in the word of God. Right. But you should continue to pursue a, there's still like an intellectual part of this. You don't have to go to school for it, mm -hmm. but to do worship ministry. Well, I'm like putting my thoughts together as I'm talking to do worship ministry. Well, it sounds like, you know, your audience and you continue to study and get deeper in your relationship with God right. and your understanding of what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And I guess one more thing I'll say sure. for the person that's just beginning, is it as cool as the lights and the fog machines <laughs> and seeing like, I love Brandon Lake, but as cool as seeing all that is, um, that's probably not going to be you. Okay. Right. There's going to be uh, certain artists that affects you. Like I love Phil Wickham. I love Brandon Lake. Um, but as cool as they are and as great as the opportunity that they have, mm -hmm. it all comes down to worship. One of my favorite things that Phil Wickham does is the worship tours that he has and not yeah. just his own tours. Cause those are cool too, but those have like lights of mm -hmm. lights and displays and everything, but just the nights of worship that he does when it's just stripped down to him and his guitar yeah, and there's nothing else, but just praising God. So as great as those things are, make sure you've got the basics down first because more than likely, and there's bunches and bunches and probably a million, I could say millions of churches in the United States. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, as, great as those things are, like I said, you're probably going to worship with a small congregation mm -hmm. and don't feel stuck. Yeah. Don't get stuck or burnt out in the fact that you didn't have an impact nationwide. Yeah. You need to have an impact on the small group. Yes. Yeah. So much of this is so similar to pastoring, right? Pastor pastoring, Yeah. you know, like not everyone is going to turn out and become Stephen Furtick. Right. Actually, that's probably a good thing. But like that platform, right. you know, not everyone's going to end up like um, John MacArthur or John Piper, who right. have this huge platform, all these books, all these resources. Like you may just end up in a small church of 40 people. You may just have a house church with right. a dozen people, right. but you, that doesn't, your ministry can still be very effective. Right. It doesn't those, define you. Yeah. It doesn't define you. Your yeah. identity is not in that. Right. You know, you can record an album, right? Right. And it might not do anything that doesn't define your success as yeah. a worship leader. Yeah. There's only really even, I would say there's no success, right? The success is being able to worship God. Yeah. 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 Minister and care on others, worship God. Right. How about to the guy who, or guy or gal who's, you know, they've been doing worship ministry for a while and they, they're a little burnt out. Yeah. You got anything for the burnt out people listening yeah, to this? So actually that's where I was. Um, I was <laughs> fun fact, right? So I did it for five years and it was almost five years straight with no breaks. Um, plus the time in high school, right? Plus the time in middle school. Right. So you're so like 10 like years, 10 years straight. And I just got burnt out. I turned it into a job instead of real worship so mm -hmm. take your breaks <laughs> take your breaks um if you're feeling burnt out then it sounds rude but check your heart right you're yeah. worshiping as much as you're leading mm -hmm. so if you can't worship while you lead well then take us just take a break take a step mm -hmm. back and taking this step back for me has been very beneficial good because um it really did it became a job it became an opportunity for me to get a paycheck and that's just a terrible mindset to have um and just being able to really focus on the fact that, Hey, when I get up there and I may be in front of whatever group of people, um, I'm also worshiping God with them. 
So if I can't do that, then I just need to pause. You know, you need to pause. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've felt that too. Um, with preaching, sometimes you just get into, there was a period of time really early on, actually, when I was doing the pulpit supply ministry, where it was almost every week, mm-hmm. every week out pre- preaching somewhere. And at first it's really exciting. Yeah. You know, that's what you want to do. Right. You want to lead music. I like talking in front of people. Yeah. Hate parties, love talking in front <laughs> of people. Um, and preaching God's word is great. But eventually you do just, you get tired. You're, yeah. we're, we're finite creatures. I'm realizing more and more here at the end of my life that, uh, <laughs> that like we live in this world where we have been given this illusion that we can like go forever right? because of technology and everything. Right. But like you're, you're a person, yeah. you're going to get tired. You're going to go through seasons where you are giving a lot. That's what ministry is, is giving. Right. And you're going to, you're going to need to get filled back up. Yeah. And even technology needs to charge, right? Right. I got an iPhone. It gives me three hours. Right? It gives you three, yeah. Right. And then after a while, once the next generation comes out, then the phone mysteriously starts acting up and it gets tired. Right. So right. it's like time to replace. So yeah. you need to refuel and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. oftentimes um, people, unless you're really into their lives and they're really into your life as well, people only see Sunday morning. So they're mm-hmm. going to see you get up there and they're going to see you lead your however many songs, four to six songs, let's mm-hmm. say. And they're going to be all pumped up. And, wow, you did a great job. But on the inside, you're exhausted because yeah. as a worship leader, you've been prepping this for a week or so. But as um, or even pastors have it, they at least they should. Pastors should have it much harder. Um a lot of pastors, they do eight hours of prep time if they're mm-hmm. uh, super into it. Most guys, it's their full-time job. So they're spending 40 hours a week on a sermon, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, just that part. 20 to 40 hours a week on yeah. studying and prepping. Um, worship leaders, like I said, you're going in. Uh, uh, if you don't do it, I encourage you. But you have a practice before Sunday. Yeah. And you're picking out your songs hopefully before Sunday. At Griffith Baptist, I picked out a whole month's worth of songs at a time. Mm. I know guys that only do the week of they're picking songs that week, okay. which teach their own. Yeah, the yeah, point yeah. is the fact that the congregation sees Sunday morning. Yeah. And if you're not taking care of your soul, if you're not taking care of your health, right. If you're yeah. not studying, if you're not praying and having a relationship with God, yeah. then you're going to get burnt out. Yeah. That's just, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And if you need some help on, um, on resting on, making that a habit in your life because we do live in a hustle culture. Uh, The last series we did here on the show is all about Sabbath rest and Mm -hmm. why it is appropriate. Still, we have this, uh, a toxic mentality really when it comes to observing the Sabbath and how it's a very helpful spiritual discipline. So I encourage you to go check those episodes out. That might help you. Uh, Final thoughts. We good? I think so. Think like so? I said, I'll get you Did that link for yeah. the, uh, the website, the books. I'll just read them off again real quickly. Sure. Um, everything has Bob Coughlin approved. He's a great guy. So Worship Matters is the first book. It's the one that he wrote. Doxology and Theology is the second book. It's by Matt Boswell. But there's a whole bunch of worship leaders that uh, went into this. Mm-hmm. And then the final book that I'm reading right now is Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper. And there's a ton of books out there. Like sure. I only brought these three because they've been the most influential in my life. Okay. But um, there's a ton of books. Chris Tomlin even did a book about um, like the Hebrew words for. That was a good read. I borrowed that one from yeah, you. Yeah, that, that was a good one. It yeah, was yeah. the actual words that they're the original language of each word for worship. And he went into context about, I think it was his pastor actually went into context about those mm-hmm. words. And then he tied him in with Chris Tomlin, tied him in with his songs. But there's a ton of books. Um, so study, read your Bible, right? <laughs> Take your vitamins and <laughs> right? pray. I'm just, trying to re- I'm just trying to recap here. If you're feeling burnt out, uh, hopefully you're in a position to find somebody else that could do it for you. Sure. Or even if you're there on Sundays and you're playing, somebody else could lead that Sunday. Um, and just know your church. 
Nice. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start wrapping this episode up. Uh, thank you, everyone, for dropping in for this episode. If you haven't yet on already, please consider rating and reviewing the show wherever you're listening to it, uh, especially on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. They are the overlords of everything. So do the review there um, and share the episode with somebody with a friend that you think could find some encouragement from our conversation today. Uh, we got a lot of other great conversations coming up here on the show. Got a whole episode on social justice coming up because that's a uh, very mm, controversial topic for the church right now. So we're going to be talking about that here. And also the final paper, like the last one, wow. like the last one I have to do. <laughs> so well, that's coming up here in a couple weeks as well. Um, Along with links uh, Bradley is going to give us, uh, also you can find in the description of this episode links to the MSL website and shop if you're in need of a t-shirt or a mug or something. There's also a link for the GoFundMe. I am raising funds for a conference I'm going to be speaking at in May and need a little bit of financial help to make that all possible. So if you... Uh, feel like being generous and you don't need a hat or a t-shirt, please hit that link for the GoFundMe. And if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, poems, or anything else, <laughs> make sure you hit me up at email seminarylife at gmail.com. Thank you again for making time to be here, Bradley. Um, we'll have to have you on again for some other something. <laughs> I don't know what. But we'll have you back again for at sure. some point, I'm sure. And thank you all once again for listening. And remember, theology is for everyone. So keep on studying. So is Sami Zayn going to beat Roman Reigns tonight at the Elimination Chamber? For the title. I don't think he will. They're going to make it look like he will so, get so close, but then they'll probably do what they usually do with the Usos running in. Yeah, because I think it's they want to do Usos, Kevin and Sammy. Yeah, which I think Sammy will still win something at WrestleMania, but they're yeah. going to do Roman and Cody. I, I agree.